Scene 19 Setting Carrying the Cross Matthew Chapter 27 John Chapter 23 It was nearing the ninth hour of the morning. As a soldier stripped the purple robe from my body, replaced it with my humble clothes, in order not to wince, they had to disassociate themselves from the wretched smell of my blood and sweat that clung to the royal robe. Of course, they had been desensitized over the years of their service to the Roman government, but there was something about my robes, my clothes, that made the guards particularly uneasy. They quickly suppressed any misgivings they had. If they did not carry out Pilate's orders, they would themselves be in danger of being scourged. The soldier who had the honor of removing my crown was pierced by the thorns as he jerked it from my skull. The thorns tore into his own wrists, and blood squirted from his arms. He threw the crown wildly on the ground, kicked it deliberately to get it as far away from him as he could. As his blood ran down his arms, he witnessed the blood running down my skull from where the thorns had pierced me. This sight penetrated into his deepest soul. This is pure madness, he thought. What could this man have done to deserve this punishment? The thought only lasted a fleeting second. He knew he had to snap back into obedience, but before he could, he literally froze. He remembered a story he had been told by one of his comrades about a centurion from Capernaum. A centurion would never speak candidly with someone like him, a common soldier. A centurion was a leader with a great amount of responsibility in the Roman legion army. The soldier remembered that the centurion's servant was very ill. In fact, he was paralyzed, lying in intense suffering. The centurion had heard of Jesus, who could heal the sick and raise the dead. He had heard that this Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Although the centurion was not of the Jewish faith, he sought out this rabbi, Jesus. He was the captain of the troop quartered in Capernaum and in the service of Herod Antipas. He was not a proselyte of righteousness. He knew he was unfit to invite a Jewish rabbi under his roof. This is why he searched the dusty streets in the shadows that evening to find Jesus, the story goes. It only so happened. This Jesus was nearby his house the night of his inquiry. As the other soldiers continued to strip my robe in order to put my common clothes, soiled and torn, back on me, the soldier with the blood running down his wrists continued to be deeply involved in his inner struggle as he recalled more of the centurion's story. The centurion heard that Jesus was walking toward his house. When he realized that Jesus had asked to come to his house to heal his servant, the centurion sent friends out to Jesus who replied with the centurion's words, No, I am not fit that you should come into my home, neither is my home fit for you. Just say the word and he will be healed, 
for I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When the centurion's servants were speaking, Jesus healed the centurion's servant. As a lightning bolt of truth, this profound memory struck the soldier, and in a split second he realized the one standing before him had the power over life and death. I, too, remembered the healing and the centurion's faith. I marveled at this man's faith in me, for I had not found a faith so great in all of Israel. Matthew chapter 8 verse 10 Perhaps the soldier would share the same faith today. Look at me, I whispered in my spirit. Stop. Look at me. As an eternal drop of sunlight in the middle of a dark night, he brought his gaze to mine. He found in an instant an everlasting pool of pure love. In that second, he knew me as I knew him. Without anyone knowing what had just transpired, he was forever sealed into my plan of redemption. He bowed to me in his heart, then stood up straight and took a deep breath. With great distress, he joined the ranks as they brought me to the entrance of the Via Dolorosa, just as he had to do. I did not blame him. He was now mine. If a person will look into my eyes and bow to me with a humble heart, I will write their name in my book of life. They may be living under a harsh rule of a government, one which does not honor me or in a culture where saying my name is taboo, but I will know them. In one look of humility that comes from their heart, they will be mine forever. Oh, if only the leaders of the synagogue could be like the centurion, whose faith is so great that without the knowledge of even one word in the Torah, he has been written in my book of life and secured his seat in heaven, much like the woman who had been bleeding for twelve years, who touched my garment and was instantly made whole. About three hours had passed since I had first stood before Pilate at six o'clock in the morning. But it felt to me like eons of hours had passed. When one is suffering, it seems as if time stands still, as the soldiers lifted the crossbeam onto my back. I could feel the weight of all the souls who ever were and were now and ever will be heaved onto my shoulders. If only the weight I felt was merely the weight of the cross, I could have borne it more easily. But it was the sin of all of humanity, past, present, and future, which bore down upon my weakened, bruised body, searing in pain. Of course, I was carrying you on my shoulders as well, because I was thinking of you, as I am thinking of you now. I began my melancholy journey 
one foot in front of the other, up the long road to the place of the skull, Golgotha. I carried the cross-beam from the last gate which led from the suburb. I walked by the grotto of Jeremiah, the ancient place of stoning. I thought of how often my prophets have been stoned to death. As I struggled along with a load much heavier than any human could imagine, I faltered and fell. It was apparent to the soldiers that my body was too weak now to last much longer. The soldier that had removed my crown of thorns, the one who had the change of heart, saw Simon, a man from Cyrene, standing in the crowd. Simon was a rugged man with broad, strong shoulders. The soldier abruptly ordered Simon to help me. Simon, startled that he was called out of the crowd, reluctantly stepped onto the road as he was ordered. Fearful of the Roman soldiers, he would, of course, do whatever they commanded. He looked at me tenderly. Why was the sensitive man carrying such a cross? Why was he ordered to be crucified? As the soldiers lifted the cross off my shoulders, the weight remained on me. No one could see what I was bearing. The weight of the sins of the world was mine alone to bear. Mine alone. Simon, however, carried his own cross, as he shared in my suffering. It was his cross to bear, his purpose in life to help me carry my cross. He knew it was not just a piece of wood he was ordered to carry. He could feel his family, his mother, his father, his wife, his children, his sisters, and his brothers on his shoulders. He did not understand, but he could sense their lives were hanging in the balance, somehow depending on this moment. Simon felt numerous conflicting emotions as he struggled up the hill with the crowd staring at him. He was not a criminal, but then again neither was I. He could feel the goodness in me, while he walked beside me. I was thinking of him. I was weeping in my heart for each face, each heart, each servant of mine who would ever help me carry the cross. Those who would deny themselves, take up their own crosses and follow me. I wept for the pain their sacrifice would cause them. I rejoiced with the glory they would share with me at the end of the long road of suffering. I was thinking of you, as you come alongside me. I know the way is arduous. Don't turn back. It is for the joy set before me that I endure the cross. It is for the joy of knowing you and of you knowing me. Many will never understand the way of the cross. It is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who receive me, it is the power of God. Why, it is the door that leads to destruction, and many there will be who find it. Narrow is the way to eternal life, and few there will be who find it. Most will never understand why I had to die, but those who know they need a Savior will understand. Nothing is balanced or moderate about my zeal for my people. It is perfectly imbalanced. I did it all for you. I became sin so that you become righteous. 
from this day forward. If you try to establish your righteousness or rely on your good works and rules to get you into heaven, you will be denying the perfect blood sacrifice of God. He who rejects me, I will reject before my Father in heaven. He who accepts me, I will accept into the kingdom of God. I could feel the wrath of my Father in heaven mounting as the thick gray clouds blew and covered Jerusalem, the wrath of the righteous God who requires justice. Usually in Rome, an interval of two days intervened between a sentence of execution and the actual execution. But this, of course, was not a normal execution. Mourners gathered as I passed. Many followed me. A large number of women and children were wailing for me. I could hear their cries, as I would hear the cries of my people throughout centuries to come. I turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed a baby. They will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if men who do these things when the tree is green, what will they do when it is dry? Luke chapter 23, verses 28 to 29. I said this to them, because I knew destruction would come upon my people and the temple at Jerusalem after my death and resurrection. Over time, women and children would often weep as their leaders would make unwise decisions and bring destruction upon their cultures and countries. I weep for them, as I weep for you now, when your sons and daughters go off to war and fight battles to keep your country safe. Alas, there will always be war, until the time of this earth is over. One day, there will be one thousand years of peace on earth, and then a new heaven and new earth, when the lion will lie down with the lamb. I was thinking of you, when the leaders of your government, church, or family make corrupt decisions, and you are left homeless and penniless with children to care for. Remember, I have created a new home for you, an eternal home. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. John chapter 14, verses 1 to 4 I was thinking of you, just as I am thinking of you now.